Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. The Lord of the Harvest. Loving Father, we want to thank you for having been so wonderfully good to us. We trust, Lord, that as you have given us the privilege of fellowshipping in this fashion, that you would also bless us, Lord, collectively and individually, since we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. The Lord of the harvest. There was a time in history when the present truth was Jesus Christ is Lord. In other words, Jesus in the flesh had what we would call supreme authority in the earth because this person who has come to redeem mankind, he knows about the pains that we experience from time to time. He understood how that this world is in a great, great perplexing problem. And that he, the blessed Lord, came along to solve the problem. So that today we, we think of our blessed Lord as the solution to the sin problem. And we, by his grace and, and his power, we endeavor to be identified with him, the solution, and not with the problem. So, because of his authoritative stand, position, in this world, we can trust him with tomorrow as we trust him with today. And he is Lord of the harvest. Now, I looked into something special. And I saw there how that the time is coming. The time is coming when the Lord of the harvest, the Lord I'm speaking about, will put in the sickle, his sickle, to reap, to gather the golden grains. Now, I do believe that this is going to be a grand reality. We're not going to be always talking about the reaping and reaping process. We shall see in the time to come the gathering of the golden grain. And so the Lord wants us at this particular time to realize that 
this supreme ruler. In other words, Jesus Christ is Lord, like the emperors back then, who were in charge of nations, and, and they were there above everybody else in the empire. So our blessed Lord is the ruler. He is the authoritative figure in this universe that we know. And the blessed Lord is going to put in the sickle. And we who are here, I believe we all will want to be in that gathering and a part of the golden grains. And so we see here that when, when the Lord comes in, with the unquestionable authority. At the close of man's probation, and remember, time is for preparation, but eternity is for the saints. So at the close of man's probation, when Jesus makes that great statement, when he declares something special, found in the 22nd chapter of Revelation. And there at verse 11 he says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. Now, I'm speaking about the close of the probationary period. Man is now existing in a period known as probationary period. And when that comes to an end, he that is unjust, the great authoritative ruler, says, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. But then now, uh, I like the other, the other part of the statement. He says, and he that is righteous now, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. In other words, it's a condition that will not change at that point. It won't be changed. So then it behoves all of us at this particular time to become involved in this great plan of redemption and in the reaping process because we are dealing with the Lord of the harvest. And so if we're going to put in the sickle with him, it means that we are active agents in this great plan of redemption and that the Lord has for all of us a reward second to none. And we should be reaching forth by his grace and power to obtain that or 
to come to that height, attain and obtain, because he is making it possible for all of us. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Now, oftentimes you and I, with the pianist, organist, join in and, and we do number 366. It has a refrain. And the refrain uh, is, where are the reapers? Uh, where are the reapers? There are three, three main questions in the refrain of 366. Three main questions. Where are the reapers. Now, I want you to just examine closely something that is happening on this planet. How sometimes we come to church, yes? And, and, and do you know that there are some people who come to church? And I'm not guessing now. To check to see how many grammatical errors are made by the speaker. How many grammatical errors. And they will tell you after the service. They will tell you after the service. But ask them what was the text all about. Or what text was it? You don't remember. I want you to know. But there comes a time in the history of this, this planet, this world that we know, when all the trivials, all the games, all the make-beliefs will end. For the blessed Lord is going to put in the sickle, and he's going to reap the golden grain. So now, what I'm saying today is that the question that is asked, where are the reapers? We, we do that number up front. But should that question be put to church members? Should a question like that be put to church members? I want you to examine closely. Just look at it closely. And then the other question is, who will come? <laughs> who will come and share in the glory of the harvest home? Where are the reapers and who will come? and share in the glory of the harvest. So, who will help us to garner in? Come on now. Those sheaves. Those sheaves. Who will help us? Who will help us? Where are the reapers? Who will come and who will help? These three questions. Should these questions 
be put to church members? No. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Christian service. God requires everyone to be a worker in his vineyard. He said we must be co-laborers together with God. For God will not complete this work without human agencies. But listen to this one now. That tells me that it's not a question to put to church members. Every true disciple is born into the kingdom of God as a missionary. In other words, you're a bona fide member. You're on a nominal role. Yes, you're a Seventh-day Adventist. You've come into the church after answering 13 of what we call baptismal vows. And, and, and you decide that you're going to be working for human beings, fellow men. So you've come in, and, and coming in, the question then is not put to church members. Where are the reapers? We are reapers. We are all reapers. So that what the blessed Lord wants us to do is to be engaged in the reaping process. Oh, I bet amen would have been good. But I tell you this. Our blessed Lord wants us to be active. Active agents in this plan of redemption. He wants us to be involved. Why? Because the fields are white and ready for harvest. The blessed Lord wants us to be up and about. It says here that the receiver becomes a giver. The receiver becomes a giver. The grace of Christ in the soul is like a spring in the desert, welling up to refresh all and making those who are ready to perish, listen to this now, eager to drink of the water of life. Isn't that something? So that it is not a good question to be put to one another within the church family. Where are the reapers? We are to go out there and ask those out there, where are the reapers? Would you come and help us to garner him? Help us. We need help. Will you come and help us? You see, in that way now, the church grows. Because the church is now an active, active force in the plan of redemption. So we go out there and ask them if they would come. Come on now, would you come and help us? We need help to finish the work. We need help. 
And I want you to know here that the, the blessed Lord he is depending upon us. Help us. Help us. Who will help us? We go out and we ask, who would help us? Come on now. Who would help us? Because the need is great. The harvest. Come on, look at it white. The fields are white. White. Ready. Ready to be harvesting. I've gone around and, and I've spoken with a number of people. And to learn, to learn from some of them that they have been members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church for years, but, but not now. Just the other day, collecting my mulch, as my dear brother spoke about the garden, collecting the mulch to throw in the garden, a gentleman came along, and he's from Guyana, and uh, and he started, and we talked, you know, and he's loading and so on. We talked and so forth, and then uh, he was about to go. When I was through with my load, I I went and helped him. I helped him, and and when his was up now, finished. He started saying how that he would wish us, a couple more of us were there, and he would wish us all the best and so forth. I said, but I said to him, by the way, were your grandparents Seventh-day Adventist? Uh, oh, he said, no, I mean, grandparents, no, my wife is a Seventh-day Adventist, he said. Um, and but he said, I, I backslid. Hmm? I would not have known that if I didn't put that to him. And I said, no, you know, helping him, fix him up everything. Now I'm going to put my question to him. Hey, grandmother. But he now. So I started talking. With him. And you, you, you know what? You can imagine what I would say to him if he had already been walking with us. You know what? You would imagine what I would say to him. That he needs to slide back in. Come back in. And so, and now, I know his address. Oh, yes. I got that. And, and, and I'm going to be following up. I'm going to ask you now to please pray that the Lord would soften him up, that he would be receptive again to the golden message. I'm telling you, it's like going now to speak with him, telling him that we need help. That's what I'm trying to say. When I go to him, I'm going to let him know we need help for the reaping. We need help. And that he should get now himself involved. Where are the reapers? They're, they're out there. 
on, uh, to be among us. They're out there. They're out there. There are people out there who want to know the Lord. I promise you. I've spoken with a number of them. And when I said, look, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, they said, well, what is that? Some have never heard. <laughs> that made me concerned then when I heard it. And now I'm concerned. I, I, I'm, there are people still around the area who do not know about Seventh-day Adventism or have heard it. So now we need to go and be identified with the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. And ask who will come. Who will come and help us? I want you to know, folks, that the blessed Lord wants us to be involved. He wants us to be involved. He is the word. And it says here that it is not by the functions that the church would have from time to time that this work is going to be done. No. By the sickle of truth. The songwriter put it that way. The sickle of truth. In other words, the word of truth. And when people get the truth, remember, sanctify them through thy truth. For the word, thy word is truth. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And truth is Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and he is the light. Not only life is the light. Jesus said in John chapter 9 and verse 5, he said, as long as I am in this world, I am the light of the world. And in doing this, this work, this missionary work, in other words, the church, as I said before, is like a task force on a rescue mission. There is something to be done to rescue the perishing. And the blessed Lord set the example when they brought this lady Ready to condemn her. Good for nothing, they thought. We caught her in the act. An act that I know that one person can't be involved in. Oh no. But just one person they brought. Crooked. And so here we have the picture. The blessed Lord when he knelt down and, and did what he had to do, he was doing it still to win people to him and to the truth, the saving truth. All he did was in this great plan of redemption, a part of it, wrote what he had to write. And the record says, and when he lifted up, themselves and saw none but the woman. John chapter 8 and verse 10. And saw none but the woman. He said to her, he said, woman, like you said, lady, where are those thine accusers? Did no man condemn thee? 
And she said, no man, Lord. He said, neither, neither do I condemn thee. He said, go and sin no more. Not sin some more. Go and sin no more. Brethren, I want you to know something. The very next verse. The Lord turned to those who were the leaders. Those who claimed to be Judaizers, trusting in God. And he said to them, I am the light of the world. He said, he that walketh with me. Come on now. He's not going to be in darkness. Oh no. Not going to be in darkness. But shall have the light of life. Come on now. The light of life. Brethren. I want us to know. That in this plan of redemption. We are human beings. We are all human beings. We are fallible human beings. We make what they call mistake. We sin. Some folk call it mistake. We sin. No, no mistake. Sin. And I'm saying that when, when we understand the plan of redemption, when we understand that God wants us to be with him in eternity, and has made provision for that to become a reality. It is then with the joy in our heart. We want to do something for him. The Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the one who is going to have the last word. In this great plan. Of redemption. So that. Whatever input you can make, like if you come to church and somebody wants to speak about Macy's and them places, you just change their mind. Somebody wants to criticize anybody in the church, just, just try to turn that mind. Because any little thing you do for God is a plus, not a minus, is a plus. The Lord of the harvest. I want to just ask you to go with me to John, the scripture text. And I'm still going to finish on the left side of one. Look what he says here. Verse 12. John chapter 14. Verily, which means truly, I say unto you. What does the blessed Lord have to say? He that believeth on me, the works, the work that I do, the work that I shall do, the person who believes 
is going to fall and follow suit. You're going to do the same work. Now, note carefully, he used the word believe it. Look at that. Believe it. Look at it. Verse 12. He that believeth on me. We must first believe. You've got to believe. And we have got to be true to ourselves and say, do I really believe? Yes, I believe. In other words, when we have faith in God, faith works. Come on, I mean faith works. Faith doesn't sit down. Faith works. If we believe, then we will go and ask out there if they are willing to come and help us. Willing to come and help us. But then let's go on down the text. Let's go on down the text. It says, and greater works. Did you see that? It says, on greater work than these shall he do. Why? Because I go to my Father. In other words, I'm going where power is. That's where the power is and the resource. That's where everything is for this great plan of redemption. I'm going to the Father because God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Come on, I'm going to the Father, so you're going to have all the power that you need. And then he says, greater work. Now, what about the fellow who is not doing anything? He hasn't even started yet to, to be great. In other words, he's not doing anything great. And the text says, greater work, comparatively speaking. He's not even positive yet to be comparative and superlative. So now the blessed Lord is saying it's time that we understand the plan of redemption. It's about time that we get in and become co-laborers together with him. And get the work done. Look at what's going on in the planet. Look at what's going on. This world needs Jesus. And those of us who know him must talk about him. Let the world know him. Let them come to know the blessed Savior. Psalm, this psalm is very nice. This one, Psalm 34 and verse 8, it says, come taste and see. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Isn't that something? And so we're thinking now of grace, the gospel, the good news. Go tell it to the nation. Tell it on the mountain. Tell it far and near. Tell it. Tell it. Let's go and tell it. Because people need to know about the blessed Lord. The Lord says you must occupy until he comes. Occupy. Now, you know each person is considered as matter. And they tell me that matter occupies space. 
and we all matter. Oh, yes. We occupy space. We do matter and we are matter. But the Lord does not want us to think that we should occupy pews. In other words, occupy space, that kind of space. When he says, occupy until I come, we are already occupying because we are considered matter. So what the Lord wants is for us to now get in with him in the plan of redemption and make use of the time that we have in the spreading of the word. This redemptive truth. The sickle of truth. Come on now. The sickle of truth. With the sickle of truth must the work be done. People must come to know the truth and grasp it and be saved. Is it in your heart today to do something more for the Lord? You heard me what I said, something more for the Lord. If it's in your heart so to do, would you bow in prayer with me? Just bow. Loving Father, we all recognize that you want us to be co-laborers together with you. Some cannot preach like Paul. And some cannot teach either. But all of us, Lord, can tell of your love. How that you died for all. This great truth the gospel, God's only son, provides eternal life. Let us tell it to kindred and nations. Let us tell it far and wide. Bless us in our efforts, Lord, and crown our efforts with success. Because we ask the favors in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.